Hi everyone and welcome back to the Cold Brew Podcast. Uh, As we mentioned before in the last episode, this is part two of our Black Lives Matter episode. Um, Again, we're joined by Catherine and Vicky. So um, yeah, hope you enjoy. Actually, I want to um, actually pick up on something. So it's more to do now with cultural appropriation. So obviously, Catherine, you talked about your hair. And so now one of the main comments, I think, not only you, but like a lot of um, black people face is the idea of like, oh, can I touch your hair? So I think it's important for us to kind of like talk about this and why it's bad and the connotations it has towards like a black person, if just a white person, like, oh, any person asks, can I touch your hair? So Okay. Yeah. Rule number one, just don't, just don't ask, don't try, just don't, don't please just don't touch our hair. I don't. I, okay, if you've lived in a very, very white world where you don't see Afro hair very often, I I get it. It's something different, but just please, with every fibre of your being, do not touch their hair. Because it makes me feel like a petting zoo. Look Like, realistic, like, you know, if you're just trying to get on with your daily life and then you suddenly have fingers in your hair and you've got, you know, just people in your space is kind of it's ve- it's very invasive it's very very invasive and yeah, I guess it's like someone like touching our skin like I like it's someone touching my face like, like I get really pissed you. off about that you know if someone yeah. came up to you petting you you wouldn't enjoy it at all and like this has happened to me a lot at school and I rarely ever said anything about it because you know I didn't want to go into the day having my hair be the focus of the day and I didn't I didn't want to just disturb the life that was going on around me I just wanted to get on with my day but people touching your hair it's just awful right and then there's all the other comments that come along with it how do you wash your hair what do you do like how do you wash your hair I don't know how you wash your hair tell me how you wash your hair why should I know how someone with straight hair washes their hair you know you don't need to know how I wash my hair so would you, you know, say that if um if 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 white people and non-black people want to learn about like black people's hair because like this doesn't mean to come out sounding perverted but like it is it's it's interesting to an extent to see how um like different like different hair is like different and how different people care for their hair so would you say we should like go away and like google it ourselves rather than having to like ask you make you feel uncomfortable about it google hairdressers Go mm-hmm. if you want to learn about um, Afro hair. I, like go go Google it. You know you can. I mean, personally, I wouldn't really necessarily understand what you want to find out. I think about. I think it's just because it's for a lot of people. It's just so different to what they've ever seen before, and I think in that sense, it's interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, I can I can totally understand where you're coming from. Like I'm, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If yeah. you're really, please Google it. I don't. You know, I'm. I'm learning how to look after my own hair. So for me to try and teach you whilst teaching myself is a lot of work. So Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. But I do think find it really interesting how um you see like nowadays, like when my black people wear like their hairstyle, whatever, it for some people it can be seen as like unprofessional, uncool. But then you see in society how like when a white woman does that, it's like cool or whatever, or like edgy. So I feel like yeah. for me like, like it's like double standards and it shows like how society would only accept black women and like their culture when it's like kind of yeah. like in a white um or like a non-black person so then it's like yeah. something to, to consider like I've never been able to understand that you know I'm I don't know if like I've got an unnecessary worry or not but I am kind of worried that when I go into the world of work like is my hair gonna stop me from getting a job 
which yeah, is that's crazy that, that's that's crazy because like like stuff like that is where I realized like you know like my privilege as a white person because like I haven't ever even considered that before going into a job do you know what I mean yeah. and um it's not even a it's not even a concern for me so yeah it's just guess stuff like that which sort of and I think yeah. a lot, I think you're not alone in that I think there's so many people it doesn't matter where you're from or you know what your background is or whatever but I think so many people just don't even give it a second thought like they'll go for a job interview they'll even go into a room and their hair is like the last thing they're worrying about Mm. I mean I saw my Instagram and I know Instagram isn't necessarily the best place for like information but I did see someone googled professional hairstyles for women and it was you know buns and like straight straight hairstyles and then it was unprofessional hairstyles for women and it was an afro it was cornrows it was braids and I was just kind of sat there like I'm not going to straighten my hair every day I don't want alopecia <laughs> like yeah well yeah I remember um I think it was Michelle Michelle Obama saying at one stage that like she found it really upsetting how her daughters always wanted really straight hair so and straightening their hair so it would seem more white um mm-hmm. because that's I guess maybe I don't know what their school was like. It was predominantly white, but they felt more comfortable in it, which is really sad, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's this, there's this thing, and I don't know how, I, you know, I'm, the, a lot of black girls can relate to it, is going to get your hair relaxed or having your hair relaxed. And that's like a cultural thing where your hair is covered in chemicals to make it more straight, like to make it straighter or more easily straightened. Yeah. And, you know, I went and when did I, I first got my hair relaxed when I was like nine, ten. And like, it was just, you know, I was just like, mum, dad, I want to go straight. And it's like, now that I look back on that, that's awful. Like, that's awful. Why should I ever want to change myself? Because when I was eight and nine, it wasn't about, you know, doing my hair. It was about who I wanted to be at school. Like, I wanted to change my hair permanently when I was eight, mm-hmm. which no child should ever have to feel and it's just it's very kind of disturbing that you know my my hair is such an issue in so many like realms because it's like you know I just want I just want to exist as myself in a world and you know my hair it's like not easy like I can't I don't know how to look after it I've never I haven't you know grown up with that's a part of my culture and it's just you know I find hair a very interesting topic personally you know I've read about black hair um there is a very good book actually if you do want to read about it called don't touch my hair it's a history of afro hair so if you want to go read about it um but yeah hair is it's very topical to the black woman yeah I think something we talked about a few weeks earlier on Zoom which actually became a really interesting discussion was um school and education and I guess our own experiences with that my primary school you know year four my first day back in the UK right I haven't I was living in Jamaica previously so like getting my head and was like I don't know two pounds down the road it was fine um and then I come here first day of year four before I've even stepped in the classroom, one of the guys in my classroom says, why are people black? God left them in the toaster for too long. So, <laughs> you know, schools, it's, it's always been interesting. Um, you you that happened? Pardon? You were in year four when that happened? Yeah. So you're like 
eight years old. Eight, nine years old. I was confused. I didn't really understand what it was. I didn't really get it. But you know, I don't. You don't. You don't forget these things. You know, like you don't. You don't make them the focus of your life because you want to live. But you'll remember them. You know, like teachers touching your hair, which is not great. Um, just yeah, I I actually don't know what to say to that. Like. I, I really don't know what to say other than something has gone so wrong. Not only in that boy's uh, life, like, please, yeah. please, but also, like, I can't help but think, is that our education system where people are actually asking these questions? Yeah, uh, I so think it's, it's... Yeah, sorry, you go. Sorry, it's fine. We're not, we're not taught anything to do with Britain's race history, like, at all, and... It's, it's a massive issue because it's just kind of you're not acknowledging me as a person my history if you're not seeing my race mm. so I think it's really interesting how um, over my education um, I've been at two different secondary schools and through my primary school education we I think I did the Tudors maybe like six or seven times the last time being an A level yeah. and it's it's I mean it's boring by the time you get to A level right and um, it's just really interesting because I don't I can't remember ever learning about Britain's colonial history, Britain's history with the slavery, Britain's civil rights movement. I think I maybe did maybe one lesson on it through Black History Month at some point, maybe in year nine. But, you know, like Black History Month wasn't really taken massively seriously. The lessons were a bit of a joke. Um, And yeah, it's only literally in the last week or so in history lessons where following this movement um, and us having a lot more flexibility in our timetable, we've sort of looked at colonialization, um, but even like it's a massive learning curve for the teachers as well, which, which, which is interesting in itself because it's just an example of how far back this program goes. So I, I do think there's a lot that can be done within the national curriculum. And I think, yeah, I mean, I wrote to my MP um, asking him to change the national curriculum to include more of this. And he replied and he basically said, oh, it's all down to the schools. He's a conservative MP, it's all down to the schools, um, they have so much choice over it and we can't we can't force the schools to do anything and it's kind of like yeah like that's great if it's down to the schools but like if no one's choosing this then there's clearly an issue and the fact that you're kind of deflecting the issue off yourself and your party is embarrassing yeah um this is so uh yeah because it's it's like I think I'm I mean I've had kind of a weird situation with it because so throughout the so it's it's an independent school so they have complete freedom in what they can teach you um not only in GCSE years and A level years but also lower down and that's what I found incredibly interesting because they we never learnt anything about um black rights the slave trade um British colonialism anything like that and then even in GCSE years when you've nationally got the choice to learn about things like that that was never offered to us but then um for sixth form i did ib which has an international focus and that's when i really you know my mind was completely opened and shocked horrified but also so so incredibly engaged with these issues about um civil rights in the usa links with the uk all of this amazing thing but i mean i can't help but think i wouldn't have learned that if i still did a uk course if i still did stuck to the uk curriculum yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess that was probably in your history lesson. Yeah, history. Um, 
yeah we never we I think what did what have we done over his in history we've done the Tudors we've done the French Revolution which I guess is sort of related to it if you look mm-hmm. at some of the slave uprisings in the US with the influence of the French mm-hmm. um but it's not really the focus of the course and then we did Russia so it's it, you know it's, it's very Eurocentric um but yeah I guess the only part of my sixth form education where I've done sort of anything to do with sort of civil rights etc has been through politics and looking at the US part um of the course which has been really interesting but again if you don't do politics and there's only what six students in our in in our year who do it you know you're not gonna you're not gonna cover that yeah I think the one danger is by not us being taught about British colonialism in the past is the fact that the quote saying that oh US is like um, UK sorry is not um, racist and the US is a lot worse in the UK which if people yeah. look at the history they'll say this isn't the case like there's like lots of like ports within um, the UK which were massive for slavery and just in general like loads of like smaller riots took place in the UK um, because of like um, for like racism so I think people need to realise that just that, that by not being taught there by not being taught by British history it's causing people to think that the UK is actually more innocent than they actually are which is something that we need to kind of like remove. Now also just the fact that you know slavery wouldn't have been a problem in the US or any any parts of um, North and South America if it wasn't for the UK like I think that's something that's just so overlooked and I've got no idea why. Yeah the only time I came across the slave trade was when I was in the American school system. And that was when I was between the ages of five and eight years old. So I don't remember anything that they taught me. And it's like Britain is so, so involved, like Britain as a country, not even only the slave trade, just colonialism in general. Britain would not be the nation it is without any of the Commonwealth countries and the stuff that it stole. I'm going to say stole because it stole a lot of stuff from those countries. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we don't learn about it and we kind of portray Britain as like, you know, the country which saved the world during World War Two, It's like, yeah, but before that, <laughs> take a look and you'll see it's not, it's not that great. So I think it's really important kind of we're taught about our nation's history because yeah I guess I guess sort of part of the problem here is that I think the British and I don't know if this is a problem just limited to the Brits but we like to look at our history with massive pride and we like to look at the great things that we did so even when like to this day when the M- the Britain's former empire is talked about the quote often the sun never set on the British empire comes up and it's just it's almost looking back with a hint of pride despite knowing that there's you know so many atrocities were committed um through the empire and you know the fact that nobody knows about what Churchill did everyone just knows him as the guy who helped save Britain um in a world war um I think I think that's really interesting looking at how um Britain likes to look at itself as this little island who did so well in the world Um, and who are this massive superpower for so many years um, in the world, despite being so small. Um, I think that's probably part of the problem um, that Catherine was just talking about. I don't think there's anything wrong with pride. Like, look at anyone, look at any major revolution in any part of the world. You know, there's going to be atrocities that have been committed. But I think, I don't know why it's so overlooked. Like, these awful things have happened. And um, 
the consequences are still so endemic in in so many populations particularly in the west so i think i think they need to be recognized and they need to they need to change is there any yeah. more scandals like obviously the Windrush scandal grenfell where like money still hasn't been provided to those families who have risked problems and have um have faced the consequences of both these actions so i think it's just again britain like refusing to kind of like accept that they've done something wrong in the situation and trying to like move forward from it even though there are people still suffering the consequences of the both those actions and people still gaining so much from these from from the events because i read somewhere that the last um the last of the debts to slave owners was only paid yeah, in 2015 yeah that genuinely shocked me yeah living through that we've been very much alive it's not something that you know died a long time ago with like lincoln we can't remember it it's something no. we actually experienced it's kind of a remark like nobody knows about it but it's so kind of prevalent because it's, it's just for me it's the fact that it was the slave owners that the debts were paid to rather than the slaves themselves who were and they had their identity yeah, calling it you know, up, you know are now treated as sub par citizens and for me it's just very very problematic and you know i i was like i was shocked the other day because the race relations act in the uk is two years younger than my dad and i was just kind of like sorry <laughs> like 1968 and i was just i was completely like boggled you know it's not even it's not even that far back it's really not that far it's yeah like yeah. women got the vote before that happened that's yeah. quite crazy to think about yeah. yeah, I think it's just, I think someone said it earlier, it's like history repeating itself. Like, not only have we seen these kind of riots and protests so many, so many times before, but it's mm. like all of these problems should have been eradicated a long, long time ago. Like, 1968, a Civil Rights Act was passed then. Like, black people in the US and, like you said, in the UK, should have been granted some sort of equality or some kind of recognition. Yeah. I think one thing to remember, though, as well, is that ideas change really slowly. Mm -hmm. Like people's behavior changes really slowly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if your grandparents are racist and your parents aren't telling you, no, that's not OK, you're going to grow up in a racist mindset. And when it comes to, you know, racist mindsets, I think the most powerful tool to combat it will be education, mm -hmm. really. Because if people don't know what Britain was compliant in, mm. in its history, you know, if you tell people, actually, we did this, that's why this is happening now, people maybe will be like, okay, all right, put two and two together, there you go. So, People have choice, right, to listen things or not, or to ignore everything on social media. Um, and um, that's why I think it has to be tackled through the government and basically saying you have to learn about this because otherwise the people who would, are not naturally interested in this would never would never pick up a book would never you know um and 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 these are the sorts of people who might be causing a lot of the harm um, um I think an important thing um when teaching about you know civil rights history and black history and you know just not only white history in the UK is that the teachers themselves aren't all white because then you'll end up learning about history through a white lens. Teachers need to be people, persons of colour themselves because they will have, you know, a much deeper understanding of the topic. If you're teaching about slave trade and, you know, 
one of the children in your class is you know really really troubled by it yeah. a white teacher may not understand why the child isn't participating mm. but the reason could be because it holds so much meaning in their life like it's affected their life so much the as fact well that being, yeah as well as being so reflective of the actual world we're living in not every yeah. not every person of authority or um not every adult you come across is going to be a white person exactly you need to have diversity in every workplace especially schools i think i think yeah because schools it's where people learn about the real world it's like the buffer zone exactly between yeah. the real and not yeah i do de- i definitely agree um i mean looking back at my education i don't i was thinking about this the other day actually i don't think i've ever been taught by a black teacher i've been taught by sort of teachers of um other um who who are non-white but um i don't think i've ever been taught by a black teacher which is quite shocking i think i mean i'm 18 years old yeah same i i agree i don't think i've ever been taught by a black teacher so i guess to finish off then i think we all understand that there there are a lot of um you know hateful sentiments towards the system whatever that may be and Mm. whichever position you're in um, there's a lot of anger and there are a lot of problems and have been for quite some time so what do we do how do we move from here and as young people how do we um help implement a change yeah and, and permanent change i think the first thing to do is talk to people don't don't go up to the first black person you know and be like oh my god i hope you're okay i'm trying to change so much i've done this 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 and this don't don't do it for a pat on the back first off actually just read just do it for yourself you know better yourself um like there are book lists everywhere that you can find mm-hmm. there are li- like i think netflix has done like a black lives matter special it's really it's quite, it's quite good yeah. actually the netflix list it's i'd highly recommend it by the way me too <laughs> also don't just read about race in america read about race in britain i think that's yeah. one thing that needs to be highlighted yeah. because race in america is very prevalent like all over the news and everything but mm-hmm. race in britain is a bit more kind of subdued in the way it works so that needs to be read about yeah i think said, i think it's just important to like educate yourself there's loads of resources out there like literally tons and tons um i also think it's important again to like just in general like take on what people say so again as I was as I was saying earlier if people say something to you about what you've said just accept it and move on because even though you may not have even though your intention wasn't as like malice or like um um you didn't badly in like intend that to happen but it's come out that way the impact is still there and so it's still going to impact that person in a harmful way if they say so so it doesn't really matter what your intentions were in that scenario so again just accept that and kind of just like learn from what they say I I think these conversations are so important and especially in the UK recognizing you know recognizing race I think is a huge step in the right direction and yeah just just talking about it but not not just specifically with your black friends just talking about it with you know everyone and like debating these issues because I think I just think I personally I just think they're so healthy um the only way the only way to actually be able to dismantle the system and actually make progress is by seeing race and acting upon that yeah so i guess what we're saying to you listeners is education awareness and action nice we can't stay stagnant we've got to keep on um 
moving and we've got to keep progressing and I think we can't let I think we've all understood that there are failures and there have been really terrible things that have happened but we can't linger on those and I think as a fresh generation we've got to I think we're doing an amazing job already of just moving on and enacting change rather than hatred educate don't hate <laughs> also just because the protests are over doesn't mean that your learning is over like this is still happening so continue educating yourself yeah. and don't get complacent either exactly so i've been Catherine. um i'm vicky and yeah it's been a pleasure thanks very much for the invite so that's Catherine and vicky on cold brew podcast we've loved having you here and again like you both were saying um these these conversations need to happen and i really hope you guys as listeners have um have understood or learned or been inspired follow us on cold brew podcast everywhere on instagram and twitter and as always, please, please contact us. Let us know. Um, oh, yeah, please DM us your thoughts on this conversation. And if you've if yes. you have anything to add, we we'd, more love, than yeah, we'd love it. to have conversations like these with you guys more often. Um, so, so please, please contact us if this is something that's um, interested you. And conversely, if this is something that you hated and has actually angered you, please let us know. We'd love to hear. And maybe you could be a future guest. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Yeah.